Hello, welcome back to Fertility Life Raft with me, Alice Rose. It's been a few weeks since I made one of these little episodes, hasn't it? And I just want to thank you very much for your wonderful support as always, because I make this content by myself. I make it because I am driven to do what I can to support anyone going through fertility stuff, loss, anything that comes under that umbrella, really. And it really came to my attention that what I've managed to happily create is a community where not only can I offer you as much support as I can, but you offer me the same. And it's just so amazing. I love that this is a real kind of partnership. Like I feel like this is a a friendship. (laughs) I feel like right now I'm sitting here in my living room and I'm chatting, but it's almost like I'm just speaking to one person even though lots of people listen to this podcast. So I just want to really thank you for your support as well. Even when I take a few weeks off or I change what I'm doing online because I work, you know, within the parameters of the life challenges that we all have. So thank you, really, I want to say to start off with. Um, Secondly, if you haven't listened before, and I know that maybe this, this episode might reach a new audience because of the content, and what we're going to talk about and where this conversation has come from. If you haven't listened before, welcome. Welcome to um, my little corner of of the world. It's a very special place. It's a place of empathy, understanding. We have a laugh. (laughs) We have a bit of a giggle because that's part of what we need in life. But most importantly, I believe that the world can change for the better. And I believe that having conversations and sharing them and just being open has the potential to do that. So I am not going to talk for a really long time. I just want to share the conversation that I've had because it's with a woman I met last year through the wonderful Instagram trying to conceive slash baby loss community, which I am privileged to be part of. And Zara has taught me such a lot while just being a really great friend actually and somebody who I've got to know much better over the last sort of six months or so and we (laughs) talk for England when we get going so I'm actually surprised that this this chat was fairly succinct but it's because Zara is such a pro she's really good at um, getting her point across and really articulate ways so I'm I'm really really thrilled to bring you this conversation and the reason that I'm bringing this out now is because well I'll, I'll let Zara explain everything but we're talking about how to change the conversation around termination for medical reasons when you are pregnant and you are given the information that no expecting parent wants to hear and Zara is going to share her story she's going to share how she feels about what kind of reactions there are at the moment and the sort of support that you get when you get that information and I really want everyone to listen to this whether or not you've been through it because I haven't been through it and I am sure that lots of people who maybe haven't will massively benefit through understanding this other side of this community which just does not get the coverage and the information that it desperately desperately needs so I'm going to play our conversation now I really hope that it is helpful 
and validating and supportive to anyone who has been through this and that it shares some light for anyone who hasn't. We're sitting in Zara's delightful house, which is just as delightful as you would expect. And I said to Zara, as soon as I came in, I was like, yes, I've wanted to come here for a while. It smells amazing and it just looks amazing. It's it just... does smell good today. Oh I'm going to admit that. It smells so good. It's the candle vibe and it's, I don't know what's eucalyptus going on. A bit of eucalyptus, yeah. I mean, it's very, it's very vibey. Um, so thank you for having me. Thank you. And my lovely herbal tea. Um... So we're going to talk about something which really needs to be talked about today. And you have done an amazing thing in the last, just the last few days, the last week. Thank you. And we're talking about termination for medical reasons. Why don't we start with just sharing your own story, if you're happy to do that? Sure. So I had my second cycle of IVF, must have been seven to 18 months ago now. And uh, it was a natural cycle, very easy, and it worked. Um, and I was pregnant with Jessie. And then we found out um, a good few weeks into the pregnancy that he had something called body stalk anomaly, which is, it, they say it's 1 in 14,000, but they believe it to be more like 1 in 40,000. Not genetic, merely a blip that happens during the development of the baby. And... Um, yeah, they, the babies who have this are simply incompatible with life. Um, so in Jesse's case, most of his organs were outside of his body. His heart was the only organ that was inside of his body. Facially, he was perfect, but neck down, I mean, there was no... We saw in detail what, what he was facing, and there was no way that he could have ever survived. Um, and then, obviously, we had to make the terrible decision to terminate his life or terminate the pregnancy. Um, in my case, I don't feel it was so much of a decision because hearing the words incompatible with life, to me, it's just when he passed. But I do know that's not the case with every uh, TFMR, termination for medical reasons. And I think this is where the huge guilt factor comes in with a lot of people. Um, after the termination, I can honestly say it was obviously, as you'd expect, one of the most harrowing things to ever go through. Um, I think the biggest thing that surprised me, I had quite a big bump, and the biggest thing that shocked me was that I walked in with a bump and walked out with a flat stomach, which, I mean, as you know, it's just... I know when you're pregnant and you have the baby, you feel really slim anyway, but I literally... There was nothing there, and I think physically it shocked me more than I expected it to. Um, and I actually struggled with that. I, I thought maybe it would all take a bit of time to get back to normal and it would help with the grieving process. But it had just disappeared. And I remember waking up the next day and saying to Lex, I, 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 have, to, I, can't, I have to talk to somebody. And I literally didn't know who to talk to. I googled, couldn't really find much, tried to find support groups, couldn't really find that many. Um, desperately wanted to find someone who had been through this with a body stalk anomaly because I think you then feel, oh, I'm not the only one. I did manage to find uh, one lady uh, who's in Yorkshire who I've actually become good friends with now. Um, but apart from that, there really wasn't much support at all. 
And I said to myself, when I was going through it, I said, when I'm strong enough, I'm going to fight to make change on this. And I guess it's one of those things that you think is, it's not going to be a nice process. And I kept putting it off and putting it off. And then last week, I just read the, the report and they'd done a re- research on miscarriage and ectopic, which is amazing, great. And none of this research should ever stop. But I suddenly got angry and I thought, again, termination for medical reasons has been ignored, just completely discounted. And um, yeah, so I have my little rant on Facebook, <laughs> um, on Instagram. And their response was just incredible. And I don't think I probably knew until that point of how many people had been through it, um, needed help and were still suffering daily because of the lack of support that they had when they went through it it was a pretty epic response wasn't it and I think I mean you say it was a rant but it felt very measured and kind of quite responsibly expressed to me I mean the way that you are talking about this but it's so important to do it in this way I think isn't it because yeah I think so I think it's not as though we're saying we want special treatment. We want days dedicated to TFMR. We're literally saying we want to be included. We want to be acknowledged. And when I read the stats last week, I had I kept rereading them and rereading them. And I spoke to ARC, um, who are an incredible charity who deal with, with pregnancies and parents who have to face these decisions. And... In 2018, um, according to the Tommy's website, the number of stillbirths was 2,943. The number of TFMR, which is termination for medical reasons, was 3,269. Now, this figure is actually thought to be at least 2,000 short, because if you opt to have the termination outside of a hospital, so in an abortion clinic, they generally don't mark these down as TFMR, they will just mark them as an abortion. So if we take that into account and we say that actually there are 2,000 more and that there are 5,269 TFMR a year, that's 14 every single day. Yet you don't hear of this, you don't read about it, you don't see any real support groups for it. And I do think that's because there's a very fine line between, to the general public who don't know about this, between this and abortion. Mm. And abortion still has the taboo, still has the stigma. Mainstream media are scared to step into that arena. So instead of covering the other side of it, which is termination because the baby is often incompatible with life or, you know, destined a life of severe handicap, they choose to just ignore it. Mm. Um, That can't happen. That really can't happen any longer. I've had so many messages from women who... Some feel suicidal. Some have never told anyone but their husband. So their parents, they pretended that they had a a missed miscarriage because they feel... One lady said to me that she felt so eaten up by the the grief, she didn't feel that she could cope with the shame and the judgment on top. Mm -hmm. Now that's... I mean, that breaks my heart to hear that, that women are suffering like this. We didn't choose that our babies would be poorly. There was no choice of that. We simply chose, as someone said to me, we simply chose to carry a life of pain so they would never know any. And that really is the bottom line. I think 
I was contacted, I messaged you, didn't I, to say that someone messaged me on Instagram and said, please, would you talk about this? Yeah. And I knew that we were, we were planning to talk, do yeah. this podcast anyway, weren't we, a few months ago. And then um, I've been terrible at scheduling things. <laughs> but, you know, now it's now is the time and clearly it's the right time to talk about it. So I remember I replied to this, this lady and I said, I'm absolutely planning to cover it. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm so sorry for what you've been through. And in her first message, she'd said to me, you know, I understand if you block me now. And I remember, re- I was, but honestly, I was so confused because I was like, why would I, why would yeah. I block her? Why? But of course, she's coming from this with mm. that sense of awful, awful shame. Expecting to be judged. And yeah, everything. that yeah. expectation. And I, and I replied to her, I was like, I would, I would never dream of blocking yeah. you. I'm, I'm, I'm just sending you the most amount of empathy and compassion. And I suppose, like, the difference of um, having to make this awful decision when this baby's inside you mm-hmm. you know why is it any different from when mm-hmm. you know the, if the baby died once it has exactly out? I mean that's I was talking to my husband Lex about this and I said that I said so if someone thinks that terminating when you're pregnant terminating the pregnancy is wrong are you saying that I should have waited for my baby to have been born in a hell of a lot of pain and then died, and then you will have given me support. Mm. You can't you can't isolate people because of how they lost their baby. You can't say we support miscarriage, ectopic, stillbirth, but termination, there's no room for that. You can't do that any longer. And it's been done. And you know, if you look at these figures, I mean, these are figures, these are proven figures of terminations that have happened every single year. There are gonna be approximately five thousand plus this year and next year, and the year after, that figure isn't going to change. So the support that we're giving these women has to, it has to. There, there is no room now to isolate and not acknowledge this any longer. Mm. What, what were the psychological ripple effects of going through that for you because I know you've been really open at at, like saying the support that you've had to find I have and it's really funny like lots of people say oh you're so brave to share your story and I I've thought about when people say that to me and I think I think they they say that because they think you're so brave to tell people you had a termination that never crossed my mind maybe it's my ignorance I don't know but it never (laughs) crossed my mind that I would come up against that Mm. because in my case I you know I had no option here I had no option whether whether I my baby lost his life the day he did or in another 6 weeks or during birth my baby that was going to be how my baby died just because I chose when mm. doesn't mean that I should be punished for mm. that mm. um I have had counseling for a good couple of years now with a lady called Flora Saxby who works for Petals charity um she completely pulled me through it I mean I am forever indebted to her for how she handled the whole thing. She fought for me to have my termination um, in the hospital instead of an abortion clinic because I needed to get Jessie's body back and they couldn't facilitate that. But aside from that, there wasn't much support and it's not as though I didn't look for it. I remember turning up to the early pregnancy unit a couple of weeks after I'd had the termination because I had severe pain. And I said, oh, I've been asked to come in for a scan. I had a termination a couple of weeks ago. And the receptionist said, do you mean an abortion? And I thought, you work on the early pregnancy unit and you've just asked me if I mean an abortion. Um, 
So there's a lot of ignorance yeah. around it. And you can say ignorance, but it's the same, you know, I remember when suicide used to be a taboo topic. Mm. People would whisper that someone had committed suicide. That stopped. There are now helplines dedicated to that. There are adverts on TV. It's in mainstream media that we help people who feel, feel suicidal. So I understand that we can't really call it ignorance. It's just that we haven't been educated on it yet. Mm. Mm. And that's what I'm determined to do. But I guess that that is ignorance, really, isn't it? And if when you have, I mean, it sounds yes, like a really derogatory term. I know, I know, and I think that's why. But it's yeah. But it, and but but at the end of the day, that is what it is, and yeah. actually, people should not be ignorant, especially mm. if they work in an early pregnancy unit or oh, within a hospital environment. You know, it's something I'm really passionate about as well with my um, what not to say campaign. I just yeah. can't, I cannot kind of get over the fact that professionals who work mm. in the industry don't know you know about how to use terminology correctly and when it comes to something like this that is as sensitive and as difficult and as horribly stigmatized as it is you know it has to start there I think doesn't it it? does it does but I think many you know I think a lot of people are are afraid to stand up and say what they've been through because they're obviously afraid of the stigma and it just takes you know, something like this to get the ball rolling. Yeah. And it is getting bigger and bigger and bigger, thankfully. Mm. Um, I'm really of the mindset now that this has to change, and that's that, and I will just keep knocking on those doors <laughs> and shouting Good. until it does. Well, you know what? That's what it needs. It needs somebody to who is in a position of, you know, you've had some support. It doesn't mean that you're, you know, completely fixed absolutely not you're still processing it i'm sure how has it affected your relationship with lex and with your son um with my son i'm gonna get upset here sorry with my son it was difficult because i did have a bump yeah and he was very aware and um we talk about jesse and if he ever sees a white feather he says he's jesse Um, I think I have no guilt at all about terminating my pregnancy. I have worked through that and I guess I am very fortunate that I don't have that. What I do have guilt about is that I feel I took away his sibling and that's tough. Um, but you know, like you said, it's something that I still work through. And just because I'm able to talk about TFMR and the facts and the figures mm. openly and without crying, it doesn't mean I don't still feel this every day. I do. Um, but I do truly believe that if we saw this written about, if we saw those four letters more and heard about them, it would feel like we were part of the community no one actually wants to be part of, which is baby loss, but that we are there too. We're acknowledged that's all we actually want is to just be acknowledged. Yeah. That's the truth. I think it's so beautiful that you have such open conversations with Jess, um, Jack. sorry, Jack, <laughs> um, with Jack's about it because the way that, you know, and I know you share things sometimes on Instagram where you've released balloons and things yeah. into the sky and, you know, he's, and you got married last year. You did, yeah. You? And I love Malibu. Yeah, my God. You go on to Zara's Instagram and scroll back and find the photos. They're so beautiful. But, you know, I remember that image of you guys, like, with the name in the sand. Yeah. 
and just including him would you say that's yeah. like a really important part of it was for me yeah it was for me I mean I had the terrible uh situation um which is a whole nother drama but that I called the hospital I didn't feel I could call them until about eight weeks after um we'd lost Jesse and I built up the courage one day I just wanted to know where the body had gone because there's a couple of places and I just wanted to know and by the time I finally got hold of somebody they told me that he'd been incinerated and I didn't I don't know I think in my head I was going to have somewhere physical I could go and I couldn't so it was so important for me to create what he looked like in my head who he could have been um that was a that was a huge part of my my process to kind of um work through it really um was just always including him always because he was our second son is our second son um but i do understand that the people feel they can't do that and they have to keep this secret one woman said to me she feels she wakes every day with a dirty little secret and if you view your child like that, if you view your baby like that, can you imagine how damaging that is? Mm. And how much freer people would feel if they could just be honest and say, we, we were blessed with a, a baby who sadly had to leave, but we were blessed with a baby instead of hiding them all the time. I think that is a huge step mm. in the grieving process. Mm. I'm just amazed at you know I don't want to say you're so brave and you're so strong because I know that's not you know you you're just dealing with what life's given you yeah. but it's you're so right that actually just talking about this is you know the most important part of it isn't yeah. it so that other people even if they don't want to talk about it you know openly that's fine as long as they know that it's not a dirty little secret exactly. and, you know that what they've they're going through there there are so many people out there who completely understand and that want to support them and help them and you're right that yeah. the you know the main bodies and organizations out there that are supporting people need to start representing it properly absolutely yeah and understanding absolutely. and you know it's only through it's only through the the conversations I've had that I've learned about it and that I feel you know kind of comfortable enough to sit down with you and talk about it openly and you know understand that actually it's okay to do that and yeah. I know I my first ever conversation I had with somebody who told me about TFMR and what they've been through you know it was it was really difficult because I don't think she'd spoken about it very much at all and she was so um amazing to kind of open up to me Mm -hmm. and of course I was quite ill-equipped to be able to say anything that I thought might help and all I could say was I'm so sorry yeah um but also to say you know if somebody around you does share what Mm -hmm. they've been through what 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 should what is the kind of correct I suppose response like what can we say what can we do to support people who have been through well I just think the same as you do if someone said I've had a miscarriage yeah or my son or my daughter was stillborn Mm -hmm. you would just say probably I don't know what to say but I'm sorry yeah that's kind of all I think it's when people recoil or go wow gosh that must have been a difficult choice and you're like no you're 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 focusing on the choice Mm. you're not focusing on I lost my baby just the same as someone who had a miscarriage or a stillborn or an ectopic you know there's there's many facets to losing a baby it's not just one way Mm. um and I just yeah it's just inclusion it has to happen we have to we the people you know the women and the men who have been through I've had so many messages from men as well who 
it's a tough road for them to walk as well. Mm. Um, obviously, they didn't carry the baby. They didn't get that connection like a woman who's pregnant does. But they still lost. Um, and I just, you know, I don't, I think the support for men full stop is often overlooked within yeah. baby loss. It's, a lot of focus is on the women. Um, but yeah, just, just any support as you'd give to anyone who's lost a baby, just to, to give it to the same if someone's lost it through a termination. It's the same. It's the same. Yeah. And probably there's a different level of guilt that you maybe don't get with the others. Mm. Um, because the black and white of it is, you know, I chose to end my son's life. That is the black and white, whether it's done for whatever reason, that's the black and white and you should... If someone tells you they've had a termination for medical reasons, just think of that. Just think of how harrowing that must have been. We're not on about babies who weren't wanted, who, you know, it was a mistake or, you know, it doesn't fit in with my life. We're not on about that here. We are talking about babies who were so wanted, but who simply weren't ever going to lead a life that wasn't full of pain or severe handicap or, you know, no life at all. Mm. What is the deal here with the abortion clinic situation I mean what's going on there because that doesn't sound good to me it was horrific it it was horrific and I thought you know what mate because I've had real bad luck when it comes to babies fertility everything baby related I mean my gorgeous nephew Henry sadly was uh, born sleeping in front of my eyes so I've had a lot of, of heavy stuff related to babies so I thought you know what maybe this is just my luck it, it isn't at all. So I was speaking to another lady who had a termination just before Christmas who had exactly the same. Can my husband be present? No. Will I be waking up in a room surrounded with other women who have had, a, have had an abortion because they wanted to? Yes. How many terminations do you get here? Well, not that many. The way they answer these questions is very flippant. When I was speaking about I needed to get Jessie's body back to St Thomas's for genetic testing, they told me I could take him away on the day, like a pair of shoes. You can take him away on the day, but don't worry, he won't be in a see-through box. That was all they could offer me. There was no compassion when, when she told me that. Um, I asked what would happen if during the procedure, because Jessie's foot had started to fall out of the sack and they were kind of concerned that maybe something could rupture or it could pose a threat to me and I asked what would happen if that happened and they said we'll call an ambulance there is a huge there is a huge gap in continuity of care here and when I spoke to St Thomas's about it I kind of get what they're saying here and I know the NHS is stretched I love the NHS I know they're stretched they said to me, we stopped doing um, medical terminations because we couldn't always stick to the date and time because emergencies come in. So they just cut them, full stop. So that's your option, is an abortion clinic. Wow. Who, in my opinion, aren't equipped to deal with terminations of babies who are so wanted. And the damage that did to me, I think, is more profound and deeper than the actual damage of terminating mm. the da the, how they spoke with me their lack of care um they just told me to be at a clinic in brixton at nine o'clock on this day and we'll do all the do all the forms there there was there was nothing it was so cold and 
that has to change as well. I mean, that's a whole nother fight. I know at the minute I just really want to just get people educated on what this is and what we have to go through. Mm. But um, the NHS do need to step up there. And I know it's not the same at every hospital. I, I have been told that. But it shouldn't be the same. It shouldn't happen at any hospital. You shouldn't be told your baby has no chance at life and be sent off with a couple of leaflets on an abortion clinic. And that's that. Nothing else, which is what happened to me. And when you left afterwards, was there any, you know, signposting towards support of any kind? Or no, just the, just the leaflet of Mary Stopes, Gosh. yeah, abortion clinic, and that was that was it. Wow. I mean, luckily, like I said, I was already having counselling um, with uh, Flora Saxby from Petals uh, because I'd had a really bad time with with Jack. So I was already having that counselling. Mm. If I didn't have that in place, I. I don't know what would have happened. I certainly don't think I could sit here today talking about it mm. as I am. Mm. Um, because, yeah, I mean, I think I wrote in my Instagram post, you walk into the hospital with a baby kicking away and you walk out with nothing but an empty womb and a heart so heavy you feel like you're drowning. And that is exactly how I felt. I just felt heavy. And to hear that there are women who still live with that heaviness... That's that's frightening. Mm-hmm. That's really frightening. On a daily basis. On a daily as well. basis. Yeah. And then the ripple effects of that are so huge because it'll be affecting yeah. everything. Yeah, I it? mean, one lady said she's got two of the children and she just doesn't feel she's a, a true mother to them because she doesn't give them herself ever. And another lady wrote to me, obviously, I'm not going to, you know, give away any details, but one lady wrote to me, and I think this was really the moment that a switch went off in my head when I went, I'm going to do this. A lady had had a miscarriage and she'd asked her hospital for help. She said, I'm struggling. Can you please offer me support or tell me where I can get it? And they said to her, we do have a miscarriage support group at the hospital, but I don't feel you'd be welcome to sit in a room with other parents who hadn't chosen to lose their babies. Oh, my God. I mean, that's... Unbelievable. That is unbelievable. But it happens. This is the thing. We don't know this happens. And the thing is, we're we're just talking about the UK here as well. And you just think, it's a big world out there. And, oh my goodness, it just does blow your mind, doesn't it? It really does. Yeah, it really does. Change has to happen, and I think it has to start today. It has to... We have to just start. I was actually really moved. There were a few ladies who had said to me they'd never told anyone. They couldn't. They were full of shame. They really wish that they could find the day when they can be open. And they came out on Instagram and told their story for the first time ever. And they said that they felt like a weight had just been lifted. Mm. Um, and I'm really pleased that they found the, the strength and they felt supported enough to do that. But we all need to feel supported enough that we can do that if we choose. Some people obviously won't ever wish to tell anyone and that's fine but we need to know that the arena is there and yeah. open if we do want to do that yeah um I don't want to go any further into you know how difficult this has been so what would you say to anyone listening now who is looking for that support where can they turn arc um which if you're on instagram it is arc antenatal um they are a small, really underfunded charity who were phenomenal to me. I called them and I just, I literally remember calling them and a lady called Jane answered and I just cried to her. I went, I don't know where to turn, this is happening and like, who do I talk to? And she said, you talk to us. 
and they were amazing. Um, but yeah, they are a small underfunded charity, as a lot of them are, and uh, they are phenomenal, so please head there. Also, Petals Charity, um, who are a charity who deal with all aspects of baby loss. Um, and my, my therapist, Flora Saxby, is from there and just incredible. There's obviously Tommy's and Sans Charity. Um, I am really, really hopeful that these two will try and open the door a bit more on TFMR. What they do is incredible. I mean, you know, through my other losses, they've been amazing. And it's not having a dig at anyone here. It's just saying there's another there's another corner that you've not really covered or we don't feel you've covered yet. Let's just open up a bit more on this. Absolutely. And it's just shining the light on it, isn't yeah. it? And just going, um, actually, this needs to happen now. Yeah. And it's just that so far to date, no one has actually done that. No one has. And again, I think, like we said, I think it's the whole fine line between abortion and people are scared to get into that debate. But that's not what we're talking about. It's completely separate. And that's, you know, it's nothing to do with terminating a baby for medical reasons. That's what we're talking about. Um, yeah. Aside from the counselling, like what's what has pulled you through this year? What do you focus on? Like this is the Life Rough podcast, so I always try to give people like the thing that they can yeah. hold on to that's going to get um, them through. Well, I know this won't resonate with everyone because some people aren't there yet. But my son, yeah, um, you know, I struggled big time to get him here. He he is. A miracle. He has completely um, gone against the grain. When they told me oh. we were losing him, we were losing him, and he still. <laughs> yeah, we, <laughs> still we, you, we haven't even covered like your journey <laughs> to have. To, I mean, you have been through so much, Zara. Yeah, it was like... a that was a that was a tough one. That was one we never thought we'd bring home. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think as well, when I suddenly fell pregnant, suddenly when I fell pregnant with Jesse, there was that whole kind of internal debate of do I connect with this baby because I didn't with Jax I didn't for a long time with Jax till about six months seven months did would not connect with him at all and then with Jesse I was like yeah I'm going to this time I've got here I'm going to connect and then obviously Mm. I felt that was you know slapped me around the face after we lost him so it's that very difficult uh, line to cross there really but yeah Jax has got me through friends family um for me, being open, I've had the most incredible support. And like I said to you, maybe I was just stupid to think that nobody would judge me or nobody would question why I'd done that. But I was open from day dot. I, mm. I actually had to carry Jesse for almost two weeks from when we found out we'd, we were losing him until we lost him. Um, and they were a dark two weeks. They were really dark. People, you know, going, oh my goodness, you're pregnant. And than me having to not <laughs> pour my heart out every time someone said that. Mm. Um, but they, yeah, it was it was tough. But for me, being open mm. completely uh, changed how I felt supported. Yeah. Um, but I never once thought I was ever going to do that any other way. I never once thought, oh my goodness, I can't tell people this. I almost think, because I'm the same, I'm obviously a sharer and a talker, hence the podcast but um I, I I you know I actually think it maybe is a bit of a blessing to kind of have that in your DNA mm. to just go right this has happened I need to talk about it whereas so many don't and I, yeah. I guess it's just again like you're saying just opening the arena so that 
that there are conversations yeah. about it that people can tap into if they want to. Yeah. Or even just listen and just be on the mm. be not on the sidelines, but just 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 be there but quietly. Yeah. You know, and, and know that there are people there who understand. Absolutely. Would you say that like your love of interiors and your beautiful things around you help as well? Because Yeah, I mean I do we have we have a great job. We, you know, I love what we do. We work in the film industry and we work with lots of interesting people. So that, that was great for me. It was mm. a great kind of um, distraction. Mm. But I did cry every single day for over seven months, every day. And it was the weirdest thing that would set me off. It was the weirdest thing. Like, I remember once smelling a perfume that I remember smelling on a midwife <laughs> at a scan. Wow. And it was like... All of a sudden, that was me gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know Lex used to just look at me and be like, she just needs a minute. <laughs> and then, yeah, I remember going to bed one night and thinking, oh my goodness, I haven't cried today. And instantly I was hit with guilt because I hadn't cried. Mm. And I was like, you haven't cried? What does that mean? Does that mean you didn't care for him? Internal monologue yeah, going yeah, on yeah, here? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, it was it, that definitely just keeping myself busy um, was was great. And also just focusing on believing that maybe one day it would happen for me again I've had two miscarriages since um I do have three embryos in the freezer so to speak I don't know if we'll ever use them I'm not there yet um but you know it's not over till it's over <laughs> thank you so much thank you you're gonna change lives I genuinely believe thank it. you for your support because you know it does take people like you and Kat um to throw your support behind this for people to actually start listening. Mm, well, it's an honour, honestly, to just talk about it and feel that we can help in like any small way. So, thank you. Huge thank you. And we, if people want to find you, they can find you on Instagram at Little Norfolk Cottage. That's it. Yeah, and I am always up for listening. If you want to rant, if you want to cry, I'm always here because I know how how it feels to just not feel heard. Yeah, so definitely reach out to Zara if you're listening and you need some support. And um, and I'm always here too, not that I've been through this, but always here to, to listen. Yeah. Lots of love Thank to you. everyone listening. My enormous thanks goes to Zara for her brave, and I have to say is brave to do this, for, for sharing what she's been through, but also for pushing for change on such a sensitive subject. And... You know, putting yourself out there like this isn't easy and sharing what you've been through so openly is something which just comes from a real pure and genuine desire to help and want to see positive change in the world. So I feel really honoured to be helping Zara with that. And, you know, these are the these are the conversations that I really want to keep having and that I want to keep sharing and if you listen to this podcast you are going to leave hopefully feeling wrapped in confidence that the world is a, a good place even if terrible things happen I want you to switch off this podcast and know that there are people out there you know whatever whatever your stage of life is that are kind and that are genuine and that are full of empathy and support and that we are here if you want to find Zara, as we said there at the end, she is on Instagram at Little Norfolk Cottage. And may I say, enjoy because her pictures are absolutely gorgeous. She's the most talented designer. Enjoy that beautiful feed. If you want to come for 
support specifically related to fertility and loss then come and find me on instagram i'm really active on there and i'm at this is alice rose my website this is alicerose.com has mindset courses and more resources there for you and also make sure you come and check out it's cat and alice and catanalice.com because we've got lots of events planned this year which are all about bringing people together they're all about getting connections made genuine intimate connections which is what we lose so much of the time when we're going through this because we're surrounded by people who just don't really understand and people have flown from all over the country to be at our events they sell out and they are really really special so do come and have a look at what we're doing over there and we can't wait to meet you either in real life or online so sending out as always my biggest compassion and empathy and just take very good care of yourself and I'll speak to you soon. Fertility Life Raft is a Quidem production.